previously on the Thorn Files. I would like for you four to be a more permanent setup. You've been here before. You know the stream. You hear a tapping, and you know that it's coming from the front door. I try and rack my brains to think about a way that I can make this happen differently. We drive a truck now. Uh, I've driven much bigger than a truck, Hetty. If one day you come to me with different answers, then I'll start to worry. Well, I will keep you apprised of my happy persona. I to understand that you wish for me to be the zookeeper and nanny. Well, you said it. I have a case for you to go investigate straight away. The family of a man called Frank Harper. He was one of us, and um, he went off to the war, and he never came home. Their daughter, uh, Laura, has been having nightmares. They live in a small cottage called Owl Cottage. It's in the West Midlands, um, near somewhere called Knock Hill Farm. Can you tell us about the dream? It's always the same. It's like I'm trapped. It's like I'm, it feels like I'm underground and I'm trapped and I can't move. I keep hearing my voice, but it's it's like I'm not making myself say the words. I just hear myself saying them. Do you say the same things every dream? It's exactly the same every time. Vera sets up her equipment. Evangeline sitting with uh, Laura as she sleeps. If we're doing monitoring of the girl for a period of her dream or anything else, Peter will um, walk around the outside of the building. And then I'm going to use my third eye ability, which is when you read about a bad situation, you can open up your third eye for a moment and take in all extra information. Help. Help me. I can't see. I can't. You realise that you've been looking around and staring at these cracks and sensing it and feeling where the magic is in the room. And you realise you haven't been looking at Laura and you look down and she's staring right at you. As you sense, Vera, the rhythmic sound that you're hearing through your through your machines becomes clearer clearer in a way that it shouldn't be getting that clear and it doesn't sound like um wavelengths anymore it sounds like hands scratching at dirt suddenly peter sound from your past cracks through you you hear the sound of gunfire at the farm So, when last we met, the agents of Thorn Investigations were uh, attempting to delve into the dreams and of one Laura Harper in Owl Cottage, situated just a little bit away from Knock Hill Farm. Um, the attempts had been complicated, um, where one Evangeline Fox, uh, Evangeline Lane Fox, sorry, full name, um, had delved into the, the uh, psychic wavelengths um, permeating around the room and had found herself entangled within the Dark Ones, shrouding Laura. Um, so Evangeline is in Laura's room. Peter Anderson um, is currently stalking around the garden. Vera is in the guest bedroom in our cottage. Um, she had she had a um, sort of a wavelength reader, if I remember correctly, sort of manufactured, sort of makeshift little device to try and read into the 
or was it the truck? Were you in the truck? I can't remember. Uh, no, it was, well, I think it was the spider bedroom, although it would have probably made more sense if that equipment had been set up in a more common area. Um, but yeah, I'm we'll happy go, for it to be we'll in go the... the bedroom. It was a bit of a thrown together thing and you wanted to be close. So, um, and, and the, the equipment was, sorry, bits and pieces cobbled together, the radio equipment, mm-hmm. trying to and, tap into whatever was going on. And Vera had started to pick up on, um, a sort of scratching sound that was coming through. It started off as a very foggy, uh, sort of radio static sound, but then that became more clear and you realized that what you were hearing was somebody trying to dig through soil. And Tabitha, I believe, was in the was Tabitha in the guest bedroom with Vera as well, or Tabitha was somewhere else in the house. I was downstairs. Tabitha was downstairs. Yeah. Um, so that's the only one I could. Not remember. sleeping on the sofa. Not sleeping, obviously, far too busy to be sleeping. Um, but as we pick up, Evangeline Lane Fox is looking down at Laura Harper, the young teenage girl in her bed, and realizes that as Laura says the words, help me, I can't see, I can't, help me. Evangeline realizes that she herself is also saying these words, almost saying them completely in time with Laura. Um, And the minute you realize this, Evangeline, um, I need you to roll a call for me. He is not very cool. <laughs> that is a five minus one, so four. Full on fail. Um, as you hear yourself say these words and you have this sort of sense of your power becoming entangled with the darkness that's sort of encroached in this house, you hear the um, order in your mind. It is an order telling you to do something. You can't, it's not like you hear words, but you feel the words. Destroy. That is what you hear eventually. And as you sense his words and have this power sort of start to seep into you, um, Peter, outside, um, you hear up at Knock Hill Farm where we just left off, um, gunfire and the sounds of a horse whinny that sort of turns into a loud screaming sound of a horse in pain and that's where we are we believe of do, do i feel compelled to, to destroy you feel, that you, you must comply you feel so you must comply in that moment i am going to touch my hands to my throat as if i'm like stopping the choking for a moment and as i kind of like grasp for a breath her hand will like pull across the amulet and like reach out towards the closed window and a uh, combat she'll use her combat magic of a forceful blast of light will just erupt across the room and shatter through towards the grass yeah and you see the window shatters outwards uh, taking some of the window frame with it as well peter you're you just heard gunfire from knock farm and then you turn and you hear see this window outwards with some of the masonry around the window as well flying out into the small garden uh, nearby um when that happens you also hear laura's mother scream and you hear footsteps running up the stairs vera i think sorry oh no uh, what, what would tabitha do i would have screamed 
Tabitha? <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, hearing the gunshots and knowing Peter was outside, there would have been a moment of like tornness. But then hearing Vera shout my name and hearing the screams of Mary, I would have run upstairs, um, abandoning Peter. To <laughs> um, Peter will, if the window blows out, um, Peter will turn. And does he look like? Are there any vines growing up the side? He's going to see if he can go straight up to the window. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a quaint little cottage, so I think they probably have some wisteria growing up the side of the house. And he will, um, yeah, and he will jump and go and climb to get up to the window in the fastest route possible. Oh, right, that's going to be a, I feel like that's a roll. Um, that feels like a good roll for me. Um, I think that's uh, probably... Uh, um, Act under pressure. I think act under pressure makes sense there. You're trying to get into the room as quickly as possible. Um, nine. You get into the room. I'm going to give well, you. He'll, he'll stand on the windowsill to watch what's going on. Um, yeah, no, I think you, you get up to there, and what you see is um, Evangeline has put her hand out, and you can see that Evangeline has caused this destruction. It's not question of who has done it it is evangeline has done this um so i would say your hard choice at this point is evangeline is the biggest threat in this room he will yeah jump towards um evangeline um and then he will use mental dominion over man over evangeline to say arms down okay what's the role for that um it's role plus charm for me um, so that's going to be a that's a that's a nine. Um, on a seven to nine, I hold one, and I can spend my hold to give them an order, which is the order for her to with arms down. Um, that's interesting. Okay, so it's like you have these. Evangeline, in your mind, you have these two fighting orders: one telling you to destroy, and one telling you to put your arms down. She can choose whether or not she does it as a hunter. And if she does do what I tell her to do, she can mark experience. Okay. Well, that's tricky then, because the other one, she could fully fail until she has to She has to comply to that one. So, eventually, I'm going to give it up to you. Peter has told you to put your hands down. That is the order he's given you. You've also been given the order to destroy if you follow Peter's command, you'll get plus one. You'll get plus one to experience. But I would say, if you are following Peter's instruction, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't follow the other instructions. Well, definitely not. Um, there's a there's a moment which it, she kind of just looks towards you, Peter. The the weaves of magic still flowing around her fingers from her combat blast. And she's going to like, just trace her hand downwards, as if following your command. And as she does so, I she's going to blast the floor under Peter, who's right in front of her. Okay. Um, yeah. He will um, try and then use magic um, to um, hold her in position using magic. Um, what I'm going to say, as this happens, um, Tabitha... You uh, run to the stairs and you sort of meet Mary on the way up. Um, what do you do? 
and this moment she's trying to run upstairs to see what's going on and you know there's been some sort of massive explosion upstairs um i would attempt to um mary you have to go back to your room we're here to help we'll sort this out but laura what's going on what's happened you know some things are out of our understanding and um you know we just need to uh, Vera and I will go and check it out, make sure everyone's okay. I'm sure they are. Okay. Um, I need a manipulator. So I'm gonna... <laughs> um, that is 11. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So, um, so they all, they, she, she turns to you. Okay. Um, just make sure that Laura's okay, please. I will. She go, she goes down to the bottom of the stairs. Um, she just looks up the stairs towards where you are. Um, and then as you, if you move out of sight, she'll start, she'll move away again. Um, and then, <laughs> imagine, uh, can I have a use, uh, use magic roll if you're trying to blast the floor out? This is the, that is the combat magic. So it's a blast to hum, close, obvious, and loud. Same as with the window, but the floor too. I'm presuming it's wooden floor. Yeah, no, it's a little cottage. I'm so one story up, so. Yeah. Um, and with that, Peter, what were you going to do? Well, I was going to go and hold her in position. So I'm hoping to get in here before her. So I see her doing this, and he goes into hold as. Yeah, well, he goes into hold. I'm going to see. I'll leave that um, with you for a second. Okay. I'm going to give you a choice here, Peter. Um, you sound like you're you're holding on to Evangeline, which is you try and stop her from using magic. Is it to protect the people in the house or is it just to stop her in any way possible? In this moment, I'm trying to stop her using the magic right now and from doing anything else. I'm going to need a... Act under pressure. I think acting pressure makes sense here. We're both acting under pressure to see who does it first. Mine was a seven. I actually do really like the idea of you both acting under pressure. So, Evangeline, can you do an act under pressure as well, just to see if you both, whoever was highest? Six, eight, plus eight, minus one, so seven. Oh, you've, oh that's so frustrating. <laughs> <Don't you dare. laughs> Same time. No, it's good. It's good. It's exciting. Um, so, Peter, what was your accent depression? What would you do? I say you both get a bit of both. Um, he um, he puts his arm up. Um, so it says it works imperfectly on a seven. So this sounds perfect for both of us. Um, as he puts his arm up to kind of hold her, he doesn't go to touch her as it's almost like a dark shadow comes around her trying to bind her as his fingers elongate and his voice becomes gruffer. Just go. Oh. Fantastic. So, and then Evangeline, you get your spell off. Oh, so it's, it's combat magic. So it's, it's kind yeah. of like the just the general, you know, not like using magic, the day to day. Yeah. So, so the weave. So um, I was doing a blast. Yeah. So that's the two harm. Yeah. So, uh, but also because it's the weave light, it also adds the additional harm to the blast. So it's three harm. Okay. So, Peter, you dive forward, you wrap your arms around Evangeline, you say, hold, just as Evangeline, this um, flare of light with a directly shadow. below both of you. 
Oh no, you don't, you don't actually necessarily. The shadow comes off. Yeah. Shadow comes around, um, and eventually you blast down towards the ground um, around. Where's feet, where's feet were? She wasn't aiming to destroy him. She was Round trying to destroy were. the cottage. Yeah, sure, sure. No harm <laughs> done to Peter. Then that's fine. No problem. <laughs> I'm, and you got a seven as well. There was a seven as well. A seven as well. Okay. Um, okay. Well, you uh, you the ground erupts outwards. Splinters would. Um, Laura's room is sort of sent lying different parts around. It's not a very big room, so when the floor collapses in, um, Peter, you feel the ground give away underneath you, and you collapse into the kitchen below. You slam into the ground, um, and Evangeline, the floor also gives out underneath you as well as the floor um, erupts in this explosion. Um, Peter, I'm going to say you take, you still take a harm from that, one harm. And I'm going to say, eventually, you also take harm as you collapsed out of the kitchen as well. Um, I think and so when both land, uh, as Mary's gone downstairs, I kind of grab Vera's hand to go into the room, just as Peter and Evangeline are kind of falling through. Yeah, absolutely. You, you fall. You see them fall through the floor. Tabitha, as you enter the room, you see that Laura's still in her bed. She still seems sort of out of it, very, very much out of it. But you see that her bed is also starting to tip forward into the hole that's been created oh by God. Evangeline. Um, oh. The uh, Vera hasn't taken off her headset. She's taken off one ear, but she's still listening in to whatever signal this thing is giving off. Um, and uh, as Tabitha has has got to the top of the stairs um, after sharing a few words with Mary, um, she'll say, whatever's in Laura is also in Eva. Um, but I think Laura needs our help right now. Can you do this by yourself or do you need my help? I can do it by myself. Okay. The bed doesn't. I run to grab Laura and pull her off the bed. Okay, I need an accent of pressure. Yeah. Or, or um, I think you could choose uh, uh, protect someone as well. I'd also allow you to do, be to protect someone. Can I use magic to pull her telekinetically? Yeah, yeah, you can. Go for it. Okay, well. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, six. That's no good. Okay. Um, oh, uh, you, you, you open the door, the bed starts to creak and slide into the hole in the ground. You put your hand out and you sort of start to... Laura shifts a little bit in her bed. She starts to move, but then as she does... The rest of the bed and falls into the hole. Um, also, it's I have one of my moves <laughs> is um, it says whenever you use magic and miss, the backlash never affects you. Um, it goes for allies, other hunters, and innocent bystanders. Yeah, no, that's that's that is what's happened here. Perfect. <laughs> um, the bed collapses down into the kitchen as well. Um, and Peter, as you sort of land 
on the ground. Uh, you've just been knocked onto the floor. You've probably hit the kitchen table and it's broken underneath you. So just pulling yourself up. The bed of Loris starts to fall down on top of you. Um, so I need uh, I need a act under pressure to, get, to stop yourself being completely crushed by this bed as it falls down. Would the um, fall this... affect me in any way when I took the, um, the, the harm? Yeah, if you, I will say uh, you took a harm, so yeah, you need to roll a cool for me again. You roll cool, and then we'll see. That would have been a nine. Oh, was that a nine? Or was that, yeah, ten minus one. <laughs> nine. Nine. Um, okay. When you hear the words destroy, again, you feel it in your mind. You get the sense that you can't, you have the splitting headache as well. You don't get the sense that it's from the fall, like that you feel like you're sort of a, like a, like a very specific headache on your, uh, on your um, scalp. Um, and you get the sense that you can choose to follow the instructions. Now, I'll let you know that um, if you roll a plus 10, uh, you can choose to comply to the instructions and if you choose to do it you can mark experience and gain plus one forward if you roll seven to nine you can uh, again choose but only mark experience if you follow the instruction um, so there's like a, 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 small, just, there's yeah. like a small break right now mm -hmm. um, and i just think i see the bed about to crush peter and kind of with her arms kind of wrapped up in this shadow from Peter, you she's gonna say clench her fists into two little balls and use her shield to protect Peter. He, which is protect he someone. Did, he rolled he rolled can. a six. I rolled a six on my own act under pressure for that particular incident. So she could she she because I have the shield spell, which just requires me to um protect someone. And it okay. boosts me up against the protect someone effect. Right. Yeah, let's so, my armor. You have rolled to protect. So you're protecting Peter with your magic. With your shield spell. From, with the shield spell. Okay. And Peter rolled six on his. I rolled I failed. Mine's a failed. Um, okay. So what I'm going to say, you protect Peter. The bed falls. And as it falls, <laughs> the shield out and it the bed collides with the shield and sort of falls sideways um and crashes into the kitchen um and you realize oh peter's safe that you've had this still this headache still this voice in your head but peter is safe and the light sort of illuminates the room and as it does you see that laura is lying on the ground as you have to roll for it is a roll because it's pretty oh yeah sorry yeah roll. Okay, and give, no, no, you give me your roll. We'll see if it works. How bad? How well? Um, uh, so that's a nine plus one. So that's a ten. So on a ten plus, I get to choose an extra. Extra. Um, I'll either I can suffer a little harm myself because if you protect someone, I I should take the harm. Or impeding danger is now focused on myself. Um, I inflict harm on the enemy and you hold back the enemy so I'd like to think the bed if I could because if the bed is the enemy the shield spell kind of like holds it okay and so there's like Peter shield and I'm trying to hold the bed so it's like crushed into the shield like half in the room half out the room right so it's not 
Right, okay. I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to stop Laura from falling out and getting injured. Um, well, yeah, no, you got, you got giving, giving everyone else another chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll... Okay. Yeah. You, you, that's a, I'm going to let you weasel it in that way. The bed collides with the shield. And actually, yeah. So what happens is you throw your shield up and um, the bed sort of almost hits Peter. But as you throw the shield up, it sort of like connects with the bed and the bed is sort of partially embedded in the shield. Um, and so the bed is sort of held in place. Um, but I am going to say that it's not at the proper angle. Gloria is going to fall out of the bed anyway. It's still going to be a hard fall if she's not looking after herself. So in this moment, what do Evangeline and Peter do? You have the shield, the bed is embedded in it. Do either of you move to protect Laura as she falls? Yes. Yeah. I'm just, I was just thinking if my act under pressure failed so badly, I wasn't sure you, what you were going to let me get away with. So I'm actually, if you, I'm actually not going to let Peter do it. No, that's what so it has to be Evangeline in some way protecting. I'm currently stuck in the shadows, um, but I kind of I feel it's like I can't, I can't get my hands are like restrained, so I can't even put up a force wall to kind of protect her. And she just see her hands kind of moving as if she wants to try and stop it, but she can't. There's too much going on. I think yeah, Laura topples from her yeah, bed. Her arms are stuck. She's got a shield up. She can't do two, so she's just is that that kind of half baked moment, and she kind of wants to destroy Laura as well a little bit because so she kind of kind of thinks she kind of just wins in that moment because she just can't do anything, so it just gets to win by default. And Laura topples from her bed. It's not as hard as it falls as it would have been, but she still hits the kitchen floor. So sort of thud. Um, and then as she does, there's a sort of weird silence as she's gone quiet. Evangeline, you've gone quiet. The explosions have happened and like bits of brick and masonry are sort of crumbling and falling. The house might not be structurally sound anymore. Um, and there's still like, like uh, flares and so sort of, there's a tap that's been burst as water sort of spraying into the kitchen. And at this point, um, Mary does come into the kitchen and she just lets out a yell as she sees everything that's happened with Evangeline and Peter, the magic being used, but she also sees uh, Laura on the ground. She runs to Laura and to gathers her up. Um, Peter just calls out very loudly, Um, Can I still hear anything on my headset? I would say, yeah, no, you, you heard all the explosion, the, the biggest explosion you had. All that happened in a matter of seconds, the bed fall. So you would have heard all of that. Um, but but the, um, the, the the signal that I was hearing oh, the prior to sound. that, the scratching um, sound, is that still coming through the radio? I would say it reached a peak when you started hearing Evangeline also speaking. Um, but then when the explosion happened, the loud sounds happened, now you come back to it, you don't hear it as strong. It is still there, but it's not as obvious. Okay, I have been committing all of this to a reel of tape, um, trying to capture as much of this in some sort of physical form as possible. Um, but now that it's uh, done and I can probably feel the house slightly shifting, I'm going to just start grabbing, uh, well, I'll grab the tape um, off the off the reel and 
uh, well, the reel of tape off off the recorder um, and hurry downstairs to see what on earth actually just happened. And that's, that's the scene you, you come into, Vera, is, um, yes, and also I imagine Tabitha would be not far behind Vera. Um, I'll come down the hall. Come down the hall, yeah. That's a fast, it's a fast way of doing it. Um, so you sort of clamber down, Vera, you come in through the, through the kitchen door, um, you see this scene that's here, and um, Mary is sort of beside herself she's holding she's sort of clinging onto laura and sort of trying to pick her up as much water you see that laura is bleeding um that uh, she seems to have some sort of a he like a head wound from the fall possibly um and she's uh she doesn't like she's particularly responsive at the moment and well immediately rush over and start trying to administer basic first aid or whatever looks like it might help Mary lets you get with all the stuff that Peters and Tabitha have also done very well in persuading Mary to help them out um, in any way possible. Um, she does sort of let you get to Lauren. She says, is she going to be okay? Is she going to be okay? I'm sure she's going to be absolutely fine. Uh, Eva, can you hear me? Are you with us? Yes, I imagine. Uh, at this point, Evangeline, you... you I don't know how what imagining would do with the bed that she's got sort of half stuck in the air. Um, but you don't, you have a headache, you have this sound trying to get back, but I think with your um, successful role, it's not unable to get to you just now. As you say her name, she closes her eyes for a second. Everyone's clear of the bed before I close my eyes. Yeah, Peter climbs out from underneath. Yeah, she, I, I would have moved out of the way. Yeah. And yeah. I just let the bed. If I let the bed fall, I, I presume it won't hurt. No, no. What, you, you, you wait till everyone's out of the way. And just... Yeah, the kind of the, the kind of field of, of the weave just vanishes. And the bed. I am. Sign. Anderson, if you would be so kind. What? She tilts her head towards your shadowy finger. And you kind of, he's backed into the corner at this moment, and the corner of the room is unnaturally dark, and he's kind of hunched and breathing as he is trying to get himself under control. And In that moment, he will twist and tighten the grip that uncomfortably on you. He won't release it. He'll twist it just to make it uncomfortable in that moment. Mr. Anderson. And it drops. Are we okay, Mr. Anderson? Yes. As that was difficult. Um, is is the is the is the girl okay? She's taken a, a a knock to the head, but um, Tabitha, could you apply pressure here? And I think we might want to 
all leave the building. Is there something we can carry her out on? Is there a a, a, a table that we could place her on or a, a, a sheet that we could use well, to... You have the sheet from the bed. You have the bed. <laughs> bedding is there. You could use the bedding. Um, so yeah, you sort of wrap her up and you... Um, strip that and make a... Not quite a stretcher, but something to, to sort of hold her fairly flat um, and try and carry her outside. As we carry her, I say to, and I'm applying pressure, um, I say to Vera, I can heal her, but in my experimentation doing such, um, it appears that it can be quite painful. Mary sort of, how, is it, will it help her? Well, it could possibly heal her wounds. Then do it. Does, so you get... does she look like, you know, on the verge of death at this point, or is she just... Um, I'm going to say, Vera, um, can you please... Oh, I want you to do a roll here, but I think it's not really a roll for it. Um, read a bad situation. Maybe read a bad situation here. What's the best way to protect the victim? Yeah. Vera, you roll a bad, bad situation, yeah. Okay. Um, ooh, seven plus two, I think, is my sharp. Yeah. Okay, so that's a nine. Hold one. Uh, yeah. What's the best way to protect the victim? Um, as you watch Laura, she's, she's been pulled out, and you sort of, there's a moment where she's sort of wrapped up in the blankets. You don't see her for a moment unless she's been pulled out and sort of makeshift stretch, and you bring her outside, uh, bring her towards where the the Laurie is, um, and she's sort of revealed again in the lights um, outside, sort of filtering out from the um, house. It's strange. It's almost as if the gash in our head has gotten bigger. So slightly longer. Um, so the best way to protect the victims, heal her wounds as quickly as possible, because something's uh, making them extend. Yes, Tabitha, do it. Um, if not, um, I can try something too. Just let me know. Um, Peter, uh, and I'm going to gesture him over to lean in close. Whatever was inside, Laura was also, I think you might have noticed, inside Eva. Keep an eye on her, make sure she's okay. Yes, she's very strong. I will go and I'll go check on her. And I'll make we, may, we may need you for Laura, but we'll let you know. Tabitha? Okay, so I um, will put my hands right on the on the wound. Um, I rolled an eleven. Um, so that heals three harm, but um, the process is still exceptionally painful. And we never really made clear it's not, whether or not that's painful for you or for Laura. Is it? So I think the whole thing is painful for everybody. My, it's painful for everyone else except me. All of my magic is <laughs> everyone like, else. Um, you put your hands over. Um, 
Laura's head and you feel underneath your hands. So the slight movement of skin as the wound, even as you're feeling it, starts to spread. Um, and you cast a spell. What's it look like when Tabitha casts a spell? Um, it's kind of um, at, like this kind of healing spell, like her hands would kind of glow in a way that like looks like it could possibly be you know, good light magic, divine magic, a kind of white gold, but with a kind of um, smoky blackness kind of around the edges. Okay, yeah, so as you cast a spell and it's like when there's a smoky darkness around the edges of your light, you also immediately see as this, you know the magic's taking effect, Laura um, starts to sort of convulse um, and starts to sort of scream loudly. Um, so from the day you can feel her, hear her voice start to choke up and um, as you feel the last little bits of the wound heal um, and you're sort of fighting back this presence that's making it um, get worse and worse, um, she opens her eyes and screams and like, turns over sideways and starts coughing um, loudly as she's sort of, you get the impression that she's fine but something is in her throat and choking her and she coughs and coughs and coughs and she's... I her back. And as you do, um, like a mouthful of dirt out of her mouth and she she rubs her face and she looks at her hands um, and you get the sense that she's more terrified than she's ever been obviously this is a traumatic experience for her but seeing the soil actually on her hand coming out of her mouth has made this so much more real for her and she looks over at you and she stares at you she doesn't really know what to say, but then before she gets a chance to say anything, her mum's there. She, her mum sort of wraps her up in a hug and pulls her in like just sort of, sort of the tightest hug that possible. And as you see, you see part of the house falls down. Um, I scoop up some of the mud while they're hugging. If I if I'm noticing the house starting to collapse, I'm going to immediately run back in to grab the rest of my equipment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very expensive. It's, it's, not, it's, it's very expensive. It's very expensive. It's not fully no, no, falling down. It's just part of the house is starting no, to fall down. Not, now is probably the best time to grab it. <laughs> as you pull, as you pull your um, equipment out of the house, um, just to keep it safe, um, is there anything that Evangeline or Peter do while this is all happening? Well, Peter will just make his way over to um, Evangeline. Um, um, Evangeline, are you okay? Yeah. So the only wound here is my pride. Is there is there still something inside of you? Do you need help removing it? Does it still have a grip on you? Has it left anything there? Only an echo. Nothing. I do not hear it. It's from clawing at my mind as much. Um. Just remind me. Where were you born? London. 
And what music did you play on the violin this morning? That's a song for him. Okay. You just, if it takes you over again, these sorts of questions help people know that, help people know that you are still you. It's important. It's bad to send compulsion. There's a different hold than the absence of control. Yes, thank you. As you were talking, you um, and Tabitha's spells just taking effect and everyone's sort of recovering from this moment where you're bringing her equipment outside, you hear um, footsteps, footfalls coming down the road. Um, and if you sort of step out, you look around the truck, you see that there are um, two uniformed soldiers running down towards our cottage. Um, one of them looks like they are, uh, one of them is wearing um, the officer's uniform, the other one looks like they're probably a private. Um, the officer has a, a pistol in the hand, the private has a rifle, and as they run up to the house, they see it's falling down. Um, the officer uh, comes up towards um, the first person he sees, who I'll say at this moment is probably either Peter or Evangeline. Um, who are further away from the truck and everything. Um, and he looks over towards you both and then he goes, was anyone hurt? I, we heard a strange night. We heard an explosion and um, thought we'd come to help. Is everything okay? Well, apart, from, apart from what you can see here, everyone is fine. Strange goings on, you say? Yeah, I, I've, he looks over towards the premises. Um Morris, just take a look around, make sure everything's all right. Um, well, there was, please accompany him. Yes, I will. Um, there was an explosion in the kitchen, um, maybe a gas leak or something like that. And, but let uh, me show you. The, the officer, what is Morris, uh, go with man. Make sure, make sure everything's safe before anyone goes back in that building. Um, can probably uh, get you all accommodation up at the farm. Uh, Mr. Elliot's been quite accommodating to us so far, so um, probably safer there than here. Um, and so if he sort of puts yes. pistol back in his also then sort of pulls his hat off. He sees he's um, quite a young officer. Um, he has uh, sort of lieutenant stripes on his shoulder, um, and he. Uh, so just size is yes, uh, very strange night. I don't know, maybe the explosion spooked up at the horse up at um, Knock Hill Farm went uh, went mad, um, destroyed the stable door, came out. We had to put it down, unfortunately. Um, it wasn't wasn't going to be calmed by anybody, um, and it was getting violent um but looks like you've lot have had a worse time of it um he sort of looks he's investigating you a little bit eventually as he looks up and down gas explosion yes a gas explosion it's a freak accident perhaps it maybe that's what spooked your creature but it it seems to say it was spooked before well Maybe I'm not sure. 
hard to tell the whole happened very quickly. What is it that you had um, done up at the farm, taking the kindness of um, Mr. Thomas? Um, well, uh, we, sorry, um, I, my name's uh, Lieutenant Alistair Cook. Uh, I brought up better than to not introduce myself when speaking to um, a beautiful woman. Um, you are, sorry. My apologies. The, Tabitha coughs and chokes. <laughs> you, you've, called, you've called me, you've called me away from my madness with this, all of this hubbub. Um, my name is Evangeline Lane Fox. It's a pleasure to meet you, Lieutenant. Ah, that was all mine, Miss Lane Fox. Um, now, like I said, uh, it's hard to say. The explosion happened so quickly afterwards. It was afterwards, it wasn't. The farm gives me a little bit of, uh, I, I, don't, I will sound strange um, talking to you about this, but it's um, given me a funny feeling since we've stayed there. We're, we're, we're on the national service training at the moment, me and my, um, those I'm with, uh, training to do reconnaissance missions and the like in the area. and. Um, we just posted up in, uh, at the farm. Sally was very kind to let us stay there. And, um, well, it's just a bit of a strange place. You know how some places have a bit of a cold to them, a chill to them? Oh, yes. 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 My my late husband and I attended a a, a, a lecture in London on, such, on, on the presence of a room. You you have an excellent sense about you if you notice these things about places. Are there any other insights of, upon your time at the farm that you, you no. maybe didn't notice at first, but, you know, recall now? Uh, not specifically at the moment. We haven't spent a lot of time in the farm itself, but it's a quiet place. Um, yes. Not much grows there. And also, it's winter, it's coming to winter now, so things are not growing particularly well, but everything seems very dead. I, I haven't spent a lot of time in the country, I'm a, I'm a bit of a city boy, um, but the land doesn't seem well. Um, perhaps why Mr. Elliot was so keen to let people use it for other means, a different way of making money. Um, but I will, I will inquire. My uh, captain is a stickler, but I'm sure he'd be happy letting civilians stay on the farm, uh, even while we're doing training. We have a few injured men now because of the horse, so we'll probably have to take a bit of a break on our training anyway. Um, but uh, I will see you soon, Miss Lady Fox. I'll go and find my man. Um, and uh, be, make make yourself ready. You'll be able to come up to the farm soon, I'm sure. And if you if you anything comes to your mind, snow. It's probably for a very good reason, or so the symposium said. I I, I don't hold as much stock as my late husband did. Well, um, I'll be sure to let you know if anything comes to mind. You're such a dear. I mean, he walks around the. Fan. You get the impression that he is taking stock of everybody in the group as he walks around. Um, 
and he goes towards the fence and he shouts out. Um, Robert Morris, I uh, will cycle back. Um, Peter, you walk inside the house with Private Morris. I'll walk with Private Morris into the door and as we, I'll guide him to the kitchen. And as he walks into the kitchen, I'll put an arm round and look him in the eye. If I reach around the top to look him in the eye to do mental dominion. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> just just um, throwing this to move out as much as possible. Well, it's... No, I love it. It's a great move. Um, move. And he rolls a 12. Okay. So on that, he holds three. Um, so what I'll do is, as we walk in, I'll kind of look him in the eye and go, you'll go back and you will say that there was a gas explosion. The young soldier, um, and he's much younger than the officer who came with him, um, so barely fits his uniform, um, sort of squints at you. In a gas explosion. Um, looking into his eyes, um, Peter will say, you will go back and you will say there has been a gas explosion using his first hold. And then he'll use the second hold straight away on it and go, and no matter who questions you or who asks to see this, you will tell them it is too unsafe to enter the building. And you are sure of it. And that you are certain this was a gas explosion. And I'll hold on to the other hold for a moment. Okay. And... Um... As he looks around in a sort of vaguely dreamy state, um, he sort of pokes around at things, moves through things with his feet on the floor. Um, you eventually hear the officer say, uh, Private Morris. And he sort of turns and he sort of walks briskly towards the front door. Uh, and you hear the officer, Lieutenant Cook. Did, uh, what does it look like? And Parrot Morris's uh, gas explosion. Um, too dangerous to go in there, sir. Definitely a gas explosion, though. It goes right. Uh, well, that's that's that then. And he sort of looks around. And he says, "I'll make sure you can come up to the farm. Uh, make yourself ready. Uh, if it's too dangerous to go back in there, I don't want any of you going in there." Okay. And as they're walking, I'll use the third hole to go. You should all help the women with their things, particularly the young girl and her mother. Uh, and is this hold just on Private, the, the one person, or is it on? It's on, no, it's just on him. No, it's just on him. Um, Private Morris. She calls that just. Uh, so I think I'd probably, I'll, I'll help the ladies with the things. Um, if you go up to the farm, uh, I'll, I'll stay here and help if that's, if that's, if that's okay with you. And Lieutenant Cook looks around, he seems a bit, shocked that Private Morris has suggested to do something which is not his orders, um, but says, do as you will, Private Morris. I know you are happy to help any young ladies that we come across outside, so this is well in your character. He sort of looks around, looks up to you, Evangeline Fox. He goes, he's a, Young scamp, but don't uh, 
he talks a lot. And Morris, uh, sorry, and Cook makes his way back up to the farm. And Morris starts to dutifully help out. He puts he sort of slings his rifle over his shoulder. Uh, uh, is there anything I can do to help any of you ladies? The mother and her child. He looks over towards uh, Mary. Is there any, uh, anything I can collect for you? And Mary sort of directs him towards the house and goes, Right. Don't go in. It's very dangerous. Be a gas explosion. And he moves towards the house. Oh, can you get my bag as well then? Of course, of course I can get you back. Don't go in. It's very dangerous to be in a gas explosion. He moves towards the uh, door. Um, you wait a little while, uh, but eventually um, Cook, Lieutenant Cook comes back down, uh, followed by a uh, sort of much older looking officer. Um, very sort of put together, um, a very um, well-oiled moustache, um, uh, but his hat um, that he would normally wear, you get the impression that he is a normally very well put together person. At the moment, he looks very shaken, um, and he looks over towards all of you. Yes, hmm. yes, no, they look like you described them, Cook. They're just fitting, so there's been a gas explosion in the house, and uh, Morris is just helping them get some of the things together, but they are. Um, if Mr. Elliot said it's okay for him to come and stay at the farm, then I'm sure we should be accommodating as well, yes? And the captain says, yes. Mm. He sort of grabs Cook's arm, he pulls him away from him. Now, Cook, I just want to make sure you know, um, if anyone wants to listen in, you can if you want to. But it would be a role involved in it. Otherwise, yeah, I really what do. you see is <laughs> the captain pulling Cook away and trying to, uh, sort of in hushed tones, whispering in Tab his ear. Tabitha has a history of it. I think I'm helping uh, Mary and uh, Laura start getting their stuff into the truck then, so that we um, can drive that up. I want you to do an act under pressure. Yes. Come on, guys. Seven. Seven. Okay. Um, you creep around the banners, uh, the captain pulls him outside, um, and you hear him say to the uh, to Lieutenant Cook, he said, Now, Cook, how do you know that none of these are spies wanting to look into our training exercises? And Cook says, Sir, there's been a gas explosion in the house. I don't believe, and as he says that, he looks and he sees you. Oh, I was just looking for a kettle. <laughs> um... <laughs> And Cook says, uh, I'm sure there'll be one up at the farm. Don't worry about packing anything. Oh, I, th I, th I think maybe my friend, she has one in her truck. We're around the truck, right? Yes. Yeah. We're around the truck. Okay. Yeah, we're around. I will, so I will wander, I wander up towards Tabitha and just kind of, Tabitha, did you find it, dear? Uh, I, no, I looked underneath. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what Vera meant when she said, by the wheel arch. Oh, I am all of a I am all of a bother without it. The captain sort of straightens his jacket and he goes, hmm. on your head be it, Cook. And he marches up towards the farm. Then Cook looks towards you and says, It's not a very ladylike thing to eavesdrop. But Sorry. I don't uh, it's the 
Captain Bennett can be a bit of a stickler, a bit of a stick in the mud. Um, it's not very gentlemanly to whisper about ladies. Fair point. Um, and he nods. Do you need any help getting any of your things up to the farm? No. Will we be allowed to bring our car vehicle with us? It contains most of my things. I wouldn't be without them if possible. She's got a lot of stuff. It's a yes, very impressive they... vehicle you have here. Why are you travelling out in the... It's a strange vehicle for people to be travelling around with. It's just full of clothes, I'm afraid. I, yes. And a kettle. And uh, Yes. I, I require, require a lot of my lady things when we travel. Can I have a minute to take roll from one of you here? Uh, I'll let you do. Um, I'll let you do. Um, one of you do a help, help out. I'll I'll help. Okay. Like he, has okay. got a bond with. Okay, so Tabitha, what was your help out? Uh six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. And Evangeline. That's a nine plus zero, so nine. Okay. You have to give him something now to show you mean it. Uh, this, we were looking for the kettle because, my dear, I just, after all of this ordeal, I would love a cup of tea. Um, perhaps you can find me one when we get to the farm and perhaps we can share a cup and I can tell you of the ordeal myself. Oh, I've got some excellent loose-leaf Ceylon in my bag once Morris brings it. Um, he looks over at you, Tabitha. <laughs> right. Um, I don't believe your truck's full of clothes. Oh. I'm going to say that to you just now. I don't believe it is. But I will go and change. No, no. Um, but it's been a while since I've had tea with somebody. And you don't seem a dangerous lot. So, if you are happy to have a cup of tea when we go to the farm, then perhaps we can straighten things out with Captain Bennett and make this whole ordeal less of an ordeal. By all means, your captain does look like a withered gentleman. Perhaps a cup of tea and a conversation will do him the world of good. Yeah. Thanks. Right. And he turns and makes his way up to the farm as well. Um, it takes you a little while, but you eventually make your way up to the farm, um, up to the long road uphill towards the farmstead. There is a low wall around the full exterior of the farm, occasionally broken up by buildings built into the wall itself and sort of extended upwards. Um, and the when you first get there, you are, um, there's sort of a large gate in the sort of central part, which opens up to a sort of courtyard um, and sort of courtyard, uh, there's a barn there. You can see towards your left the stables and the uh, farmhouse towards um, sort of next to the stables. Um, and there's a few different doors in the sort of gates that lead into different parts of this farm as well, with a slightly higher walls. Um, where it's dark just now, you can't quite make out what's beyond those gates. Um, but what you do make out is uh, within sort of the light that's sort of been shone out from the farmhouse. Um, Firstly, you can see there are more soldiers in this area. There are a couple which are um, currently sort of sat in the open doors of the barn sort of um, nursing wounds um, on their arms and legs. Um, you see uh, a 
tall, broad-shouldered man who's uh, sort of has a shotgun sort of uh, slung, a double-barrel shotgun sort of slung over one arm, um, and he's sort of by the door to the farmhouse. Um, and you see sort of in the courtyard itself um, a what looks like sort of like a shire horse, like a really old graying, uh, graying, gray running through its mane shire horse. Um, that's been sort of, it's uh, sort of riddled with bullet holes. Um, and as you sort of, you catch this, um, you see that sort of around it is the shards of wood that sort of lead off towards where the stables are. You can see that there is a um, sort of heavy, the remains of a heavy wooden door in the stables that look like they've been completely broken open um, and scattered. Uh, and so that's the sort of scene that you come across as you make your way into Knock Hill Farm. Um, and the man in the farmhouse door sort of looks over at you as you sort of approach. He sees Mary coming in with Laura under a blanket. Um, and he sort of looks over and says, There's food inside, beds for you if you need it. Um, he sort of counts quickly. Maybe not enough for all of you, but um, for Laura, Mary. Um, space in the barn still where some of the have been taken up so if you need to sleep there you can and mr elliot pleasure to meet you mr elliot i think we would we should like to get laura and her mother uh, indoors make sure that they are settled um you are my name is uh, mrs bright vera bright um this is miss thorne Mr. Anderson and Miss Lane Fox. Okay. We're with Thorn Investigations. Don't know who that is. That's fine. That's a you other house when they had a gas leak explosion. That's the case. Private Morris comes and says, "Yeah, definitely a gas explosion. Definitely a gas explosion." I'm mostly shaken up by this as a whole affair, Mr. Elliot. And, Thank uh, you so much for your kind hospitality. And it seems you have had quite a shake-up yourself. And her eyes will drift across to, to Shire Horse and the wreckage and then back to him. Mm. Yeah. Well, didn't have much for the beast to do, but a shame for it to go such a hard way. Um, Are you close with the creature? Uh, in our own way, I let it out. I didn't really own the farm until a few years ago, and it came with it, and I looked after it as best as I could. Um, so, and as sort of Laura is brought in with Mary, anyone who wants to go with them can. Um, anyone left outside, you also turn around and say, some thorn investigations, what exactly do you investigate? Gas leaks? Who has gone with the girls? Yes, yeah, so it's up, up to you. I really do want to make a cup of tea. So it goes inside. <laughs> I'll stay outside because I think he said if there was anyone sleeping, it was in the barn anyway, and I presume that's near the stable, so I'll stay outside. I think I was hanging back as well. So it's just where's Evangeline? Is Evangeline? Evangeline, are you going? No, I will. I will stay out. So Laura that's Mary's talking to him when that's yeah, fine. Yeah, three sort of. As Laura Mary go and he sort of stands in the doorway, sort of framing the doorway. 
Um, and you can see as he stands, he sort of shifts in his uh, positioning. You can see that he's um, has this sort of build of uh, somebody who could be so sort of very physically fit. But as he sort of shifts, you can see there's an uncomfortableness on one of his legs as he stands on it. Um, so he sort of shifts back onto his strong leg. Um, and he sort of, so investigations, do you investigate gas leaks? Sometimes. It has been known for a case or two to involve one of those. We were merely here as a, a courtesy to the late um, father of and husband of Mary. Frank Harper. Frank. <laughs> did you did you know him at all? Um not well. Um he uh lived here before I um moved in. Um and he was uh he died before he didn't come back from the war. Um so I never got a chance to get to know him better than that. Uh please don't let me keep you from um your investigations. Um I'll go make tea. Um, the horse. Um, the horse. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it made a strange sound before everything happened down there, mm. and then there was the gunshot. Do you know what spooked the horse? I don't know much about horses. I know maybe you... a snake or something. I Do you mind if I check out the stable where it was? I been yeah. with horses before and it would be interesting to see where it lived it would uh not uh, be an inconvenience to me i guess so go ahead and he sort of moves inside um can uh, i have a very specific um blend of tea um can i come with you yes thank you so it leads you in it's uh um you get the impression to have as you sort of led through the farmhouse. It's got a very strange feel to it. It feels like um, a family home in the sense that there are pictures and there are things that would belong to family members. There are um, like small sets of boots laid out um, and coats of people, like a few different coats um, that would belong to different people and so the decorations of a family home. Um, but the elements that scream out as being family home seem dusty and unused. Um, so example, on the on the coat rack where there are multiple coats hung up, you know, you can see that one is, looks like it's frequently used and the other ones look like they have even like a little bit of dust on the collars. Um, so you get a, a real sense of sadness in this house is, Feels like it should be for little people, but it's not. It makes me very uncomfortable, and so I say, uh, "What a lovely home you have!" Um, really. He puts his shotgun into a um, sort of a cabinet um, near the door, and he says, "Yeah, it's fine. It's quiet." Uh, and he brings you into the kitchen. He says. Girl's there. Um, I'll stick it on, but if uh, you want to do your tea, I don't know anything about other tea than just normal tea. So I'll uh, I'll get that sorted, and then you can sort yourself out. 
Oh, thank you very much. Yes. And I'd, um, I'd like to use um, my move, um, cast the bones, but I'll read my tea leaves in the privacy of um, yeah, Thomas's house. <laughs> cool. so I'll, I'll take uh, time to, I've brought my teacup with me in my bag and I'll take the time to um, or the tea, sip the tea, think about an absolute nightmare this is and how um, we're going to have to really fudge <laughs> the report for Annabelle because she is not going to be happy. Um, and then, yeah, read the leaves when I'm done. So I have to roll. Um, oof. Seven, um, so a one hold, um, and I can use the questions on investigate a mystery, or I have two specific questions. Okay, so let me know what you want to ask. I would like to just um, think about Laura's dreams and her coughing up the soil and. Um, Vera saying that whatever had taken hold of Laura had taken hold of Evangeline as well. And um, what sort of creature is this? Um, you get the sense as you uh, read the tea leaves, you um, from your reading, you can sense that it is a uh. It's a spirit of some sort. And the way that it's connected to people um, and controlled the mind, you get the impression that it's a spirit. Um, specifically, a one that seems to have not got a lot of control over what it does. It seems very sort of set, but it doesn't have... It's not like it's giving complex commands. It's not doing complex things kind of uh, driven by emotion. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I've stored that in my brain. Peter, Eva, we are going to need to have a discussion about what happened um, at some point. We could do so in the morning if it would be best to rest beforehand. Or would you like I, to go through it tonight? I'd like to look at the stable whilst it's fresh. Yes, that does sound like a good idea. I will. I will. I will talk to the soldiers uh, more about their experience. Perhaps you could test what type of I collect the sample from um, Laura's earthen excavation from her chest. Perhaps you could give a sample of it to try and ascertain if there is any connection between that and anything we can try and trace here. Yeah. We, sh we can go through the what you collected and, and see if it matches any particular area uh, or sample from anywhere on the farm. Uh, I should have some equipment in the, in the truck to do that. 
Nice uh, geological investigation might be in order for, for us. She'll raise an eyebrow as if um, trying to work out what cover story she's going to tell them. Uh, should we have a look at the stable? Could we, yes. Could we look at the stable now? It would be good if we could do it whilst it's fresh. Okay, so you make your way towards the stable. Um, the soldiers uh, seem to have made a sort of wide berth the stable at the moment, um, mainly staying towards where the, the barn is. Um, I said a couple of them are tending to their wounds. And you go in. Well, and... I'll, I'll break off as they head into the stable towards the barn where the soldiers are. Um, so you enter into the stable. It's a large stable area. Um, and it looks like uh, Mr. Elliot probably um, did look after the horse, but didn't really do a lot of tending to the stable because um, it's a bit run down. Uh, could, uh, and you need of updating um, and to upkeep. Um, there's also not much light in here at all. What uh, little light you get from the windows so of the doors, um, light coming in from the outside, um, is not much. And so as you come in, you sort of grot into this gloom of this um, space. And so it curves around the sides, the sort of sideways section to it. And you can see where the stall would have been for the horse, um, and the stall for that is also busted open, the wood uh, splinters across the ground. Um, so, I need you to roll for me. Um, investigate a mystery, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yay! First investigate mystery. <laughs> <laughs> First one. Yeah. Um, I'm specifically. Um, so Peter will specifically go to the stall, and what he's looking for is any evidence in there of kind of the demeanour of the horse. Is there? Is it all very messy? Are there evidence of it kicking in the stable? He's very much keeping an eye out to see um, if this was a sudden occurrence or if there's other stuff and if there's any evidence um, lingering for what might have influenced it. Okay. And to do that, um, he spectacularly rolls a four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... That's just a terrible failure. <laughs> So yeah, you're trying to figure out something and you, you don't. Um, I'd love to know what if I've revealed something to the monster or him here, so I'm interested to know now. <laughs> um, as you step into the shadows of the stables and you are... Is anyone else with Peter? Just Peter. Uh, Vera. Oh, Vera. Um, so, Peter, you step into the shadows and there's this funny moment. It's so like you, you're reaching out to figure things out to do with this creature. And as you do that, you have a feeling of something in the shadows. Not, the, not specifically the stables, but something in the darkness sort of pulling towards you. As if it might try to get control of you at some point, and as you you sort of get this sense of you normally have complete control over your other side, but in that moment, it's as if you're sort of pulling it back, 
um, and in the sort of the this part of the stables, you feel that you feel part of yourself pull forward. And it might not be much, but it might just be a, a darkening the skin, the sort of the uh, sinking of the features, um, the shadow of yourself sort of peeling away from yourself uh, ever so slightly. Um, and as you do that, Vera, you notice this, and you also see that um, the one of the soldiers also sees from over at the barn. He's looking over towards you. Um, and you recognise that it's the captain from before has just spotted something with Peter, some strangeness going on with Peter as he steps into the stables. Um, and it might be a blink and you miss it, like you pull back and it's no longer got that, you're not wrong fighting it, but you get the impression that the captain saw something in Peter that probably didn't want anyone to see. Um, I'm going to take a step sort of out of the out of the barn, backing off slightly away from it um, in the direction of um, the captain. Captain, was it? Uh, what exactly happened with the horse? Something about this barn does not seem right. No, it doesn't. So you, his guns pulled from this holster. Funny group you've got here. I would say the same about you. The horse went mad, broke out the door, bit a couple of my men. We put it down. Without any sort of provocation. It's a horse. horse and they're very easily provocated. They're flighty creatures. You're quite certain one of your men wasn't no, upsetting us in men, some way? My men were all outside the stables at the time. Now, I don't appreciate you insinuating that my men might be in some sort of danger here, miss, when he looks over towards Peter. It seems you may have brought the danger with you. Oh, I think this danger was here before we arrived. Um, when... The gentleman you have with you may well not understand the kinds of things that can upset farm creatures. Right. Yes, probably not, but they were not in the barn. And you see him start to sort of shake with this sort of anger towards you. Like he's frustrated that you're sort of talking him around in circles. Um, I don't understand what's happening here. I don't understand who any of you are. Strange people in your strange van with your... He sort of points over towards Peter. I'll walk out of the shadow. I'll walk out of the shadow of the stable at that moment, looking his normal self, um, and, ju and just walk over fairly normally. This is all far too peculiar, my liking. Can I ask how long you're planning on staying here for? We're staying here for as long as we need, miss. How long were you planning on staying here before you broke the house down the lane? Uh... I do believe that your private has informed you that it was a gas leak. 
blew up the farm. It's a yes. good job we were there when we were. We were able to retrieve the lady of the house and her daughter. Had we not been staying with them at the time, they may well have been crushed when the bedroom collapsed. And he says, whatever the case, um, I don't like any of you. You haven't made my evening simpler. And people who make my evenings more complicated, I see as distractions in our work. And he looks over towards his men and he um, sort of shouts out to them. He says, well, any of you, move this horse. Get it out of the way. It's not right that's been left here. Somebody help me. Help me. Do they help him? And he's and he turns and he's turned towards his men, um, and he's he sees so shaking with anger. I can't see. I can't help me. Peter, help me. I'll go over and I'm going to just gently take his hand. Does his face and um, look to his face? Does his face look odd or anything? Does it look anything like Evangeline's did in this moment? Or does he just look like he's overwhelmed? He takes you take his arm and you turn try to turn him to face you. And as you do, you see this sort of gaunt expression on his face. As you see mud start to pour from the sides of his mouth and he pulls his pistol and takes a shot at you at point blank range where you are and um, you take two harm as the pistol no chance to do it okay Um, I'll I'll say you have an act under pressure to get away from this a seven um yeah okay your hard choice yeah you could get out of the way of the gunfire Vera's right behind you um Peter takes the gunfire as a it kind of goes with the motion of it to take the um to take the bullet and doing his best to kind of limit the damage um but equally as he does um well I wanna I'm not gonna let go, so I'm kind of pulling in and I'm gonna try and take the gun out of the other hand as I do so. I'm trying to disarm him. That's the word I'm Oh no, I get that. So you you pull him close as he takes a shot and the shot and you see and Vera you see the shot ring out and all the soldiers sort of jump up and blood sprays out from Peter's back as the bullet sort of rockets through him um, and you just hear the captain shouting help, help me. me I can't Can see. see and then mud is pouring from his mouth his eyes start to seep this soil leaking from the sides as he starts coughing up blood and Peter you see and Vera you see as well as you watch the captain's head splits as a scar appears on the scalp moving backwards and then it opens up revealing skull underneath broken skull and he takes another shot at you peter Thank you.